Hey kids, you're about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice and medical care, please contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith, a.k.a. the realest podcast under the sun. The day we stop keeping it real, we're done. Hello. And welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, Dr. London Smith. Com. I would like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terms that I've been using, such as pubic symphysis diastasis and inauguration day so I will try to temper my terminology to a simpler one in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Hey, Dr. London. I just, uh, I'm not feeling it. You aren't? Dr. London, I need need like a little, I don't know, shot of energy or something. I'm just not. I can be like, hey, but it's not real, you know? Yeah, okay, and we all kind of have these. What did I t- what did I tell you when we started this podcast? One thing that I refuse to never do. Yeah, it's uh be not real. You said that you yeah, okay. That and like I refuse to never not be real. You also real. said you don't work weekdays or weekends. You said okay, yeah. nothing like during the day hours and you get really tired at night, so probably not then either. Well, yeah, not at nighttime. It's too dark also to navigate yeah, the the soft the light up screens that we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's what you what you told me then. These were all your conditions, and it has made it pretty difficult to schedule any. Yeah, I take off. I take off all holidays, regardless of religion. Yeah, all Jewish holidays, Muslim holidays, etc. I mean, and it seemed like you really worked hard on m- creating new religions to to give you more holidays. Well, I don't create. I feel like this is a misconception. Does the person who leads a religion necessarily create the religion? I just do my own stuff. I just focus on what I want to do and like hanging out and stuff. And if people start following me naturally, that's not my fault. I, I didn't tell them I to guess do that, that. That what makes it seem the most suspicious is like I said, like how many holidays there are? First yeah, when first thing you do is make holidays. That's like before you establish the you know, the basic tenets of your religion. It's yeah. always about the holidays. Yeah, and it's just like every Friday is is the holidays. Yeah, and, well, and Mondays, because you said, oh, I hate Mondays, but then Tuesday started feeling like a Monday, so the next religion you made really started making Tuesday. Hammering it on Tuesdays, had sort of an yeah. anti-Tuesday agenda, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, eventually just the amount, and, like, we try to be very inclusive, and, you know, we, we try to, keep out of religion on the podcast which is why this hasn't come up before but i just you know to some extent it has become problematic do you see so i just ask you for just like a just like a shot of energy to to get me feeling it and then you start hounding me about my religious beliefs this is the show that you want to do dr london Okay, and yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I apologize. That was that is on me. I shouldn't be so critical of your many religions. Because mm-hmm. uh, whenever you say religious beliefs, 
just just so the listener is aware that there is a lot of plurality in there. Like it's a lot of religions and a lot of beliefs that also strongly contradict each other. Yeah, and are mostly holiday oriented. Yeah, well, almost entirely. Yeah, like a few of them, you also have to eat a bunch. Yeah, like that's you just like early. You know, you have ice cream before dinner is part of a one big of part them, of it. As I recall, yeah. And I just, yeah, but but once again, you know. There was a big, like, burger and fries-based one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and milkshakes, and I'm just, you know, I'm not sure that that's, it, it basically just, I guess, like, any sort of supervisor position type, someone who has to manage the time, it has been difficult to do scheduling around it. And so, to some extent, I have... I I couldn't use these same religious excuses at my place of work, you know, the hospital, because they they don't recognize all of it quite the same way you do. When this podcast started, I told you that I would never not be real. Isn't that right? That's because I'm real, and I'm just being real, and I'm just telling you honestly, Dr. London, I'm just not feeling it today. Okay, okay, so you want to go back and emphasize how you're not feeling it. Yeah. Because I thought we kind of... I need you to... I want you to, like, give me a reason to be excited for for this. Okay. um, Inject some energy into my veins. I'm putting... I'm giving you a job. Okay, so... Sorry if you're not familiar with those. As I said, that, you know, my job actually strongly requires me to, to show up and do the work. But, um... So, anyway, this is... Uh, maybe I should sound more excited. This is our producer, Cameron. Yay! All right. That didn't do it. And then also with us is Digital in the House. Digital in the House. When this podcast started, I told you that I would never not be real. Isn't that right? Yes. That's because I'm real, and I'm just being real, and I'm just telling you honestly, Dr. Wonder, I'm just not feeling it today. The realest the podcast realest under, the sun. under the sun. The day we stop keeping it real, we're, we're done. done. We're done. What did, I t- what did I tell you when we started this podcast? One thing that I refused to never do. One thing that I refuse to never do. We're done. We're done. Be not real. We're done. We're done. One thing that I refuse to never do. Be not real. And later, uh, Cameron tells him that we can expect a, a special guest, a, f- a physician. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, Doctor London. And so it's it's a doctor who's come up with a new way to to uh, to administer medicine to patients. I'm, you know, we're always you know trying to bring the cutting edge, the new medical news and technology. Yeah. And we're always trying to come up with new medicines. 
Yeah, I mean... As a show. Yes. And we aren't usually quite as involved in the clinical research aspect, but sure, we, you know, any chance to bring in a new way to address uh, these, these clinical syndromes is always, you know, something to look out for. You know, before we move on, I would like to address a bit of listener feedback. I found this note nailed onto a piece of wood that a patient was trying to fend me off with as I was advising him on his diabetes medication regimen. The note reads, quote, How did you get that picture in the cake? Dot, 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 witchcraft. End quote. Uh, so, so first of all, thank you so much for your insightful question here on the Jock Doc podcast. To answer your question, so... So Cameron, I think they may be referring to your preferred method of cutting cakes, which is with a framed picture. Mm. So I guess this listener's question would be, is witchcraft involved in that process? Well, it's the only way to get a perfect rectangle slice. Yeah, okay. I guess, I guess I'd always kind of been in the other room whenever you do it. So, so you don't just use the, the smaller diameter edge. You use... No, no, no. I'm not cutting it with the corners. I take a small picture frame that doesn't have a picture in it. I put it on the cake, flat side, and then I just push it all the way through. Yeah, and then you eat that, and like you, you sort of... What's left in the middle is a perfectly rectangle slice of cake. And if you've ever watched Chef's Table or Top Chef or Chef's Reunion or The Chef's Zone or Chef Island... Or the chef pack, or uh, the uh, John's uh, chef hut. I, you know, I haven't. Or uh, the 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 chef cauldron. Mm-hmm. Or if you've ever seen um, like chefs in the chefs in the jungle, then you would know that a perfectly rectangle slice of cake is the ultimate sign of a good chef. The how the cake is cut is mm-hmm. is what tells. So not the ingredients, not the flavor, not the consistency. No, because presentation tells the audience that I put a lot of work into this and that I care about the product. I could make the best tasting pancakes in the world, but if I gave it to you and it wasn't in the shape of, let's say, like your favorite character from i don't know let's say news radio let's say you didn't have a pancake in the shape of andy dick from news radio wouldn't that piss you off and wouldn't that taste awful i i feel like his presentation is key okay you know i i don't watch all these shows so you know i maybe i just don't maybe i'm unaware uh and if you ever watched the chef murderer you would know that yes okay i and once again you know i i just this is a different territory. For for me, I'm thinking to myself, regardless of the shape, whenever I bite into something, the flavor is, is going to be a big determinant with, you know, to tell me how much I like something or consistency as well. But, but you know, I'm, once again, not a chef. So this... Oh, we've got consistency. You, you mean in, in terms of shape? No, just in terms of mouthfeel. Like the cake is going to feel like a lot going on. Okay. Are you, are you referring to like... We make it bumpy. We make it very lump. I make very lumpy cakes is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Okay. I, 
Okay, and that's so. Whenever this listener was asking about the witchcraft using cakes, mm-hmm. uh, you, but your answer is essentially that you make it really lumpy. Yeah, and then I use the picture frame. Okay. All right. Well, now for today's medical topic: core pulmonale. So, core pulmonale is defined as a right ventricular hypertrophy with eventual right ventricular failure resulting from pulmonary hypertension secondary to pulmonary disease. So if you need a refresher on pulmonary hypertension, listen to last week's episode, and uh, corpulmonale is a complication of that. So it's just whenever your lungs have the high pressure system going on. It's, It's high blood pressure, but only within the lungs specifically. So if that goes on too long, then you get corpulmonale. It's most commonly secondary to COPD, and other causes include recurrent pulmonary embolism, uh, asthma, cystic fibrosis, sleep apnea, and pneumoconioses. Clinically, patients may present with a decrease in exercise tolerance. Uh, They may have cyanosis and digital clubbing, and that's whenever the fingers get to be thicker, like kind of bulbs at the end of the finger. I mean, this this doesn't get boring to you, Dr. London, week in and week out. Typing in en.wikipedia.org and then clicking random article and just reading it off on the show. I mean, come on. Yeah, well This isn't this isn't bumming you out a little bit. I'm just I'm just in a mood. Yeah, no, I can tell because you, you seem to really every time I feel like we're really getting somewhere, like we are kind of hitting our stride, you keep interjecting with saying that you're not feeling it. That I'm in a mood. Yeah. And that you're bored. So I would say that almost, so your job as a doctor is to cure patients, mm-hmm. and yet you're not even willing to try to cure your best friend and co-host and producer. Okay, what if... Cure him of the blues. What if I try it? Okay, so normally you would, sometimes you would interject with something here. So what I just said was digital clubbing. You think that I should give a lesson and that you interject my lesson? No, no, I'm just, I'm letting you know sort of the way that you seem to keep yourself occupied normally. So a lot of times if I said something like digital clubbing, then you would say Mm. something about maybe going on your computer, you know, digitally and going clubbing, like going dancing, maybe, you know, and that's... Yeah, or like Club Penguin. Yeah. That'd be something... Yeah, so so today it's it just seems odd because today you seem to not have the energy or not maybe even it's just the desire you seem to have lost the desire to do any of that. But it's the passion. I have no passion anymore. But I'd love to do your job, and then you interrupt me. So let's go. I'm on Wikipedia. I'm clicking random article. Okay, I don't think that's okay. I got. St- Stour Bridge, which is a market town in the West Midlands, England. <clears throat> Stour Bridge is about 12 miles or 9 kilometers west of Birmingham, the second biggest city in the UK. So, and I think Fox News one time said Birmingham was a Muslim no-go zone. This was about eight years ago, mm-hmm. but I think that's important to mention. Um, sitting within the metropolitan borough of Dudley at the edge of the Black County, yeah. Stour Bridge includes the suburbs of Amblecote, so, Lye, Norton, Old so Winsford, Pedmore. So what? What? I can't help but feel like this This is one of those instances of something that is neither here nor there. Like, it's very unrelated to the topic. 
Yeah, it's so, not here. We know it's in England. Yeah, so I'm... And we know it's about 12 miles west of Birmingham, which, according to a guy on Fox News eight years ago, and they got in trouble for it, they said Birmingham, which is the second biggest city in the UK, was a Muslim no-go zone. Wow. Yeah, okay, and I'm not really contesting or commenting on that. I just, you know, I've got to... So our listeners are here for medical lessons. They're just trying to learn medicine. You know, we got medical students. We have, you know, doctors who are trying to brush up on a few things. I don't. My fans aren't these people. You're talking about the, your cam girls. Yeah. Yeah. I. The cam squad, the, the squad of cam girls, a.k.a. my fan base, does not care about medicine whatsoever. You know what we care about? We care about we care that much of Stour Bridge consists of residential streets interspersed with green spaces. Mary Stevens Park, opened in 1931, has a lake, a bandstand, a cafe, and a mixture of open spaces and woodland. Okay, I g- great, but um, so do you see? How, so I've got to I've got to finish this up for. Okay, so you have your fans and I have my fans. So if I could finish my appeal to my fans... You're saying we should read them at the same time and then DJ no, 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 split no. the audio into different not, ears? Look, we've tried that and I do not think it worked. Nah. So, anyway, so if I... I'll, I'll just try to be quick about this, okay? So that you can get to your cam girl stuff because okay, I know that they're, okay. they're big on this. So, uh, as I said, clinically, patients may have... Um, digital clubbing was the last thing I said. Uh, they, have, they can have signs of right ventricular failure, such as hepatomegaly, edema, and JVD, and that's whenever the, the vein in the neck is, is el- it's, it's dilated, it's big. And uh, they can have a parasternal lift. Uh, diagnosis of corpomenale begins with chest x-ray, revealing enlargement of the right atrium, right ventricle, and pulmonary arteries. An EKG may reveal right axis deviation, uh, P pulmonale, and that's peaked P waves, and right ventricular hypertrophy. An echocardiogram may reveal right ventricular dilatation, but normal ventricular, or sorry, normal left ventricular size and function. So this is useful in excluding the left ventricular dysfunction. So this is right-sided stuff. So treatment involves treating the underlying pulmonary disorder. Uh, diuretic therapy may, must be used cautiously because patients may be preload dependent. Uh, you apply continuous long-term oxygen therapy if the patient is hypoxic. Administer digoxin only if there is coexistent left ventricular failure. Many COPD patients die of right ventricular failure secondary to chronic pulmonary hypertension. And many deaths due to... Yeah, I knew... I actually met met a guy who suffered from that, unfortunately. He was at the... We met at the Festival of Glass, Mm -hmm. which the International Festival of Glass is held at Ruskin Mill in Stourbridge every two years. Launched in 2004, it showcases the skill and innovation of glass artists, designers, and craftspeople. The British Glass Biennial Biannual? is the festival's... It's not biannual. Okay. It's biennial. Is the festival's flagship exhibition featuring contemporary work by glassmakers in the UK. The exhibition attracts collectors, galleries, and museums from all around the world. Wow, okay. So, so, so I like how you did try to work that in casually. I, I, I do appreciate that. Oh, it just came yeah, up. Yeah, it was just natural in conversation. So uh, just the, the last sentence here I want to finish. So many deaths uh, due to pulmonary embolism actually result from acute pulmonary hy- uh, hypertension and right ventricular failure. Uh, okay. And so, Cameron, did you get, the, you know, everything to appease your, your fans, the cam girls? 
yeah. Well, just one thing I did want to ask is that I had heard that Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin actually attended King Edward the Sixth College, which is uh, in Stourbridge. Is that would you say that's correct in your personal uh, medical opinion? Uh, you know, I I don't really have a professional medical opinion on that oh. fact. Mostly, that sounds like a trivia question, really. So. And it's not medical related, not not related to medicine. So I'm not, you know, I I don't see how that would apply. Yeah, you you haven't you haven't gotten to that part of your training, is what you're saying. Uh, you, you know what? Sure. I and once again, you know, I I am seeing some divide here between the the Cameron. Fam- don't you hear? But how? Don't you hear how much more excited I am? Though? Yeah. No, I am. I am glad that you haven't brought us back to telling us about how you're done and bored and don't care anymore yeah and over it yeah yeah uh no i i I like that now i'm i love life i love this podcast and i love stour bridge all right or store bridge sure there's no way to know how it's pronounced there yeah there, there wouldn't be a way uh but maybe maybe our guest will know um no way. Anyway, we, we can go ahead and move on from there. All right, uh, Cameron, you said that we have a guest today. Is that right? That's right, Dr. London. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but this might be one of the fastest guests we've ever had. I haven't seen this guy run. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of look at his figure and kind of figure out that he's probably pretty quick. Okay, so like, in terms of just speed, not like wit or anything like that, just physical speed. Okay, so it's like yeah, the fast muscle fibers. Okay, um, so yeah, so as as I was saying earlier, the guest is one of these types who's like sort of bringing something new to medicine and we all like to see these innovations so yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited for this guest uh could you introduce yourself please doctor doctors thanks for having me on this is dr bill butler yeast here and, and and thank you for acknowledging my muscle fibers you know i've been working on them for quite some time when when you folks flew me in for this and put me mm-hmm. up in, in such a nice hotel i mean you were putting me in a hotel so far away but so easy to run from there to here it was really nice to do that doctor so thank you thank you for that yeah well you know and it, you know we're working with a budget here and so you have the options of you could get a, a much worse hotel much closer to the studio or we could put you in a nicer hotel further away that you can just run to and then you know we're not going to pay for transportation or anything like that of course well, and i would say we you know we when Cameron chose to put you in, because Cameron was really handling this, the bookings and everything, uh, it was a mile difference. So I know for running, it seems far. But, you know, for most people who are from here and who are used to, you know, using their own cars, transportation, it's actually, this is the first time someone hasn't complained about it. Uh you know, about the lack of transportation and everything. But anyway, so thank you so much for coming here. I, I should correct one thing. Cameron here is not a doctor. I, I'm actually the doctor here. So I, I realize that, but I think 
I, I believe in treating everyone who forms, who contributes to the medical profession as an equal. So in my eyes, Cameron, wow, you're, you're a consultant, but a doctor is suffice because, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're a junior doctor, you're a consultant or you're the CEO, you're a doctor. This is this is amazing. I this I love hearing this that you actually approach medicine with a sort of egalitarian attitude whereas Dr. London, he is all about hierarchies. He is all about who is whose boss, who is bossing around so and so, who's giving instructions, am I in charge? I love hearing that. Look, because I contribute to medicine, which I do, that sort of makes me a doctor. And if anything, that makes me more of a doctor than someone who just got a degree and never helps anyone like Dr. London. Wouldn't you say? I, t- I totally. Do you know, Do you know? this is exactly the problem the medical profession has. Ask any doctor. Well, let's ask. Let's ask, doctor, who is the most important person in the medical hierarchy? Ooh, I want to hear this from you, Dr. London. Uh, so the most important person, that really depends. I mean, at a certain level, the most important person's the going to be the medical assistants and the nurses because they're the ones who are kind of the first ones the patient encounters but then again the doctor is the one who kind of has the knowledge to guide the whole process so you know i feel like everyone has their worth but you know at least in the states the the pay is given you know a little bit more according to training level and everything if that's what you mean wrong wrong absolutely mm. doc, i'd say dr london, dr butler yeast could you explain why he was so wrong i mean, I mean dr london I, i'm so grateful to be here but this is exactly what i'm talking about you're clearly the eldest in your family and you're clearly were very greedy as a child and that has fed into your life now as, as a medical professional the most important person in the medical profession is clearly the patient because without the patient you don't have an opportunity to doctor and without an opportunity to doctor you can't make a difference in the world so every single patient whether they come in with a stub toe or a life-threatening illness without them we can't be doctors and it doesn't matter if you're wearing a stethoscope around your neck or you're holding the door open for somebody who's coming out of the restroom it all counts if there's a patient there Okay. And do you know and how much I, it, I would even sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do you know how much we pay patients? Nothing, nothing, zero. They don't Whoa. get anything to be part of that hierarchy. With all due respect, and I, I would even say patients contribute to the uh, medical practice even more than doctors because a you wouldn't have doctors without patients. B doctors, their entire expertise is finding out what's wrong with you. Well, a patient can tell you how they're feeling where it hurts, what's swelling, all very important pieces of information that make them more useful than whatever the doctor is going to find. I would say that every single patient is a doctor, wouldn't you say? I completely agree. Let me hit you with some very interesting statistics. So they say one in four people will get cancer, for example. But did you know that every one of those four people is technically a patient? Because they're they're at some point in their life going to need the facilities of the medical profession. And you wow. can't, you can't be part of that hierarchy unless you have a patient to put you there. Okay, so can wow. we take it one step further and say that because every person is a patient in their own way, 
everyone is the most important and then doctors have the doctor education on top of that regular patient level importance so, no it sounds like doctors are actual doctors are the one exception i would say patients are the doctors and in a way doctors are the patients it's all ego you see dr london that is ego speaking i mean i don't go to dinner parties and say to people oh by the way i'm a doctor no i don't i'm a human being first and if you if you do say that sometimes that's okay it, i mean sometimes but that's only when there is willy waving going on and and, and it's a point mm-hmm. it's a point of clarity but you know i i say to you dr london dr london when when for example is the last time you had aphitous stomatitis for example uh you know i i don't believe that i've had that <laughs> you see what are you contributing to the profession that is lining your driveway with all of those cars? So, yep. whatever you, if you ask just a, ra- a random medical disease, that sort of doesn't quite make your case. If you ask for something like, you know, relatively more common, like, you know, do you have high blood pressure or diabetes? Or since we're from the States, you know, obesity. These kinds of things are a little bit more you know, common in that way. Do you see Do you see how there's a distinction to be made there? I, I, I totally do, Doctor. But do you have any of those three, you know, as you say, common ailments? I mean, I, I don't come across them that much, I have to say. But have you got one of those three ailments? No, no, I don't. And, and I, I get that you come from a different place where epidemiologically you'd be, you know, encountering maybe less, well, especially the obesity epidemic is bad here not so much there the opioid epidemic probably not as big of a deal there just because you know our culture has shaped y'all so are much. cooler about it yeah so y'all are a lot more chill about opioids and so like that you know quote-unquote epidemic that we have is a uh, probably going to be less of a big deal but i feel like this is all sort of beside the point yeah. right dr london uh, that's, that's true. true so dr yeast what um what what brings you here today well, I, I, I was going through a midlife crisis when, when I was in my, my 20s, and I realized that I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there was something inherently wrong with how we doctor. And then it just mm. hit me. It hit me. We're working within a niche market. We are totally relying on medicine to cure ailments. It's like every time you get sick, we immediately go to medicine to cure it, or some form of medicine, be it physical as in a pill or mental as in therapy or what have you. It often falls under the same umbrella. And that made me think, if I was building my house, I wouldn't hire an electrician to build it, to plumb it, to pick my furniture. I'd have different people from different backgrounds doing it. But why is it it when we're sick, we only go to a doctor? And we we only go to a hospital? Specialist, specialist. You're special now. You're, it's not just enough that you're educated, Doctor London, and that you're better than everyone else. Now you consider yourself special. Well, I just I feel like you're going down this road of, you know, not all doctors are trained, and we we have one like baseline. I know not training. all doctors are trained because every single patient is a doctor, and training is irrelevant. Okay, I'm sorry, Doctor Yeast. Go on. I, I interrupted. So yeah. So so anyway, and that made me realize that perhaps. We're looking in the wrong places for cures. We often think about managing illnesses. But when are we putting that patient first? You know, when I have a patient that comes into me with transient lingual palpatitis, 
if I give them a pill, they're going to take the pill and walk away. And where is the the value add in that? You know, where where is the, where's the experience? Yeah, they're going to walk away thinking, oh, this guy doesn't care about me. He's just throwing drugs at me. Exactly. And we have to think about, you know, medical prescriptions as a service and not as a product. So I did a community college course in poetry. And as I was in this course, I realized that poets had one thing in common. We remember them for their poems and and not for their illnesses. And that got me thinking, that got me thinking that with the right string of words, because words are very much like chemicals. If you string them together, you can have an impact because you can create something that carries meaning. In the same way, if you mix chemicals together, you get a pill and that has a meaning. And meaning is just a different word for cure. And on that basis, I found that by stringing certain words together in a poetic sense, I mean, poet, poetry is an anagram. Is it, Well, it's not an anagram, but it would be an anagram for solution to medical ailment, give or take a few letters. And I figured that poetry could be used to rewire the brain to cure itself in the same way that you can insult somebody and it rewires their brain to be upset or to be sad or to be mad. I said, why can't we do that with poetry? Why can't we rewire the brain with poetry to cure, to cause the brain, no less, to cure? Because the brain is the most powerful part of our brain. Did you know the brain does most of the thinking in our body? So the brain, rewire the brain to cure itself. Okay. Yeah, the value and, add you know, is the patient walks away enlightened. Yes. And probably way more enlightened and feeling a lot lighter and better than if you were to just throw some pills at them or throw therapy at them. Exactly. Or, you know, just giving them like a a checklist to make them better. Oh, and who likes checklists? Yeah, I mean, Dr. London does, but he's a freak. Well, so we're not going to even... And I would also say, so Cameron... So Cameron Dr. does Cameron. throw medications... And medical supplies at Yeah, people. if you could refer to me as Dr. Cameron, please. I'd feel more comfortable if you said Dr. Cameron. Yeah, I would feel a lot more comfortable too. So so Doc, Dr. Cameron, uh, he, you know, whenever he, he's, he's not speaking like metaphorically or whatever. He throws medicine and medical products, medical appliances at people whenever they, if anyone asks him, hey, should I see a doctor about this? That's well, I'm testing reflexes. Most doctors, you know, they do that thing where they just sort of like they hit a hammer on your knee. Yeah. I toss things at you and expect you to catch them. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't really test the, I mean, in a sense, tests reflexes, but it doesn't test the, you know, the I go, ones in the spine. So I'll be in mid sentence. I'll be like, okay, so how are you? And then. Yeah. They gotta catch it real quick. And then just pills thrown at your face. And you're having to. Like, I've swallowed pills on accident, not realizing what was going on. Yeah. But yeah, that's very, irre- very irresponsible. Uh, you can't swallow a and poem I didn't... by accident. That is very true. Well, unless that poem is written down. And one of the things I'm throwing at you is a wadded up piece of paper, which it is sometimes. Okay. So anyway, to get back to uh, Dr. Yeast, you know, your so your method, so you you Well, I, I did I did want to say on something that was said previously in that for famous poets, we remember their poetry and we don't remember their diseases. 
uh, except for the one disease that most of them have, which is depression and suicidal ideation, because most of them end up killing themselves. Yeah, but so that one that one disease comes up a lot. Th- that's fair, but, but most but- of the most of the most of them don't. Most of the diseases don't get mentioned at all. Have you ever taken the wrong medication for you know an illness? You know, have you ever taken say an aspirin for a broken leg? I mean, think about what that would do well, to you. Yeah, because I'm throwing them at myself, so I don't really know what's landing and what's not. Yeah, I've swallowed you know? so exactly. thrown. In the case of those very, 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 you know, few and far between, very rare that a poet, you know, suffered one or two of those things that you mentioned. In, in those cases, it was a case that their own poetry wasn't good enough for them. Because no doubt for every depressed poet, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I've never come across one myself, but for every depressed poet... Their poetry has probably cured approximately two or three billion people, potentially. Yes. Wow. So yeah. I, I, and I, I'm just, you know, it's not a, an exact science, but it, it's, it, it's, think of a curve. It's like a curve graph. Okay. Yeah, and just how it curves around. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking about it. Okay. And so. Just watching it well, curve in my mind. Yeah, when you say it, it cures do you mean it treats or do you mean it absolutely cures no trace of disease completely totally 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 i, I mean it's it it it, you know it's like it it can it can sense it can sense you know the need for follow-up it's like it's like a broken leg you know a broken leg and then you have to outpatients you know afterwards where you have to go back into the hospital as a day patient and get checked out poetry the right poem can get beyond that and see that you don't need to do that so not only does it cure and address and remedy and all those other words that we have in our medical book they also make things better and that's the language patients need to hear not cure and remedy or you know make things yeah, better exactly Speak the language I, would, people I mean, want Dr. London, I don't know about you. I'd like to see some of this in action. Yeah, yeah. I was about to get to the, you know, I like, I, I know that you've, Dr. Bell Butler Yeast, you have released uh, a few, you know, books on, of poetry and on, on the method by which you read poems to help people. Could you, uh, could you share with us well, some of, some of this? I mean, I think we can even, if we're dealing with anything, like I, I can say right now that I have a bit of a headache. Do you have a poem maybe for, for something like that? Oh, now, of course I have a poem for headache. But I, I, I don't want to be an irresponsible practitioner here. I, I must ask, do you, do, do you have a particular type of headache that you, you know is bothering you? Or is it just a general type of headache? Um, I, I assume it's because I had a lot of sugar <sighs> yesterday. Right. I drank... Um, 45 hard ciders, mm-hmm. high alcoholic ABV uh, hard ciders. And so I think just the high sugar content is sort of giving me a headache today. Well, and you sh- you stir sh- in sugar whenever you take that, as I recall. Yeah. And I do shots of vodka in it to, to sort of level it out. Yeah. yeah. You you have what we call visalgia. And that's... Uh, ah. Yeah. You know, I suspected as much. Yeah. That, but I wasn't quite sure. It's it's the common the common hangover as, as known in some parts of the world. But uh, Vizalgia is, is what Dr. London would recognize it as, clearly. But, uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So that that's 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 it's quite simple. I mean, some people, and and this is where you have to be so careful. Some people would read the works of Edgar Allan Poe or something like that mm-hmm. as an attempt to to, to handle it, but it, that's not going to work. So here, here's what I need you to do, Doctor Cameron. Are, are you sitting comfortably? Uh, I could be more comfortable. No, don't sit uncomfortably, because right now your inside is uncomfortable. So you need to replicate that on the outside. Because the more comfortable you pretend to try to be, it's like somebody closing their mouth when you're trying to force feed them a pill. It's just not going to go in. So you have to mirror the feeling on the outside so that your body can be a conduit to absorb the words. Because it's not just the ear, ears we're trying to deal with here. We're trying to get it into your whole body. And while the ears are on your head, they're not connected to the part of your head that has a headache. So we need to use your whole body. Okay, so I'm sort of wadded up into a bit of a pretzel shape now. Yeah. Let's okay, go up. one thing you if have... If I could just... Uh, uh, bye. Okay, and then now my arm is stuck inside of the pant leg. So, and then one thing. Okay, this is as uncomfortable as I can get. One thing, no, no, there is one more thing. So, all the people you have fanning you with the with the branches, you have to stop them from doing that because that's regulating the temperature. That's adding to your comfort level. I agree. Uh, I I'll spot a but they only they only respond to me waving them away, which I can't do with my arm stuck okay. in my pant leg. So, I guess you know your inability to address this is adding to your discomfort level, right? Uh, I not really because I don't really care if I f- listen to you or follow your rules. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we find ourselves at sort of a standstill at this point. So, I'd love to be able to stand still. I can't because of how wadded up I am. Yeah. I'm a human sort of uh, piece of gum. I think we could work with it as it is. I mean, it's not going to be ideal. I mean, you may have a dose of diarrhea or, 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 or possibly vomiting afterwards, but at least your headache will have gone. And that's, you know, what's the most important thing here. That's the dream. That. Uh, all right. Can I hear a? A poem or something. This is a poem and it's simply called I sat cold step upon of which my brow broke cider ABV leucoside to win which she came and ripped out my liver such that I could not take no more. I did not take no more. Across oceans filled with substances to drink would feed my demon soul, yet punish my empowered kidneys. <coughs> Oh, wow. How's your head? I feel a lot. I feel relieved. Am I, can I, do I have to be in this position still? You can relieve yourself of that position at a time that feels good for you. But, you know, like most things, do it, do it slowly. You know, I'd say we are going to have to get a mop for that. You did find relief in other ways as well. 
Guess out both eyes. Okay, I'm back into my normal position. But I do feel a lot... I mean, Dr. London, I do think there's something to this. I do feel a lot lighter and a lot better. Yeah, well, I mean, the lighter could be because of just the volume that you just vomited. But, you know, I there could be something else. I mean, also vomiting sometimes helps people deal with the, the level of, you know, alcohol. But... But he said one of the side effects might be a little diarrhea and a little vomit. Yeah, and you did do both. So, I I guess side effects, you get, you've really got down, Dr. Yeast. One thing that, that, that was very much what came out when we went through the phase three trials, you know, we discovered that we nailed the side, side effects. Nailed them. Okay. So, and I think that is one of the main things you're trying to do in a trial like that is being able to list as many side effects as you can. It's not necessarily trying to fix the side effects. It's just acknowledging that they're there, which I think that is important, you know? Yeah, because you're, you're trying to get work for voice actors to list the side effects in the commercials for it. Well, and it's a dying industry. They keep giving these animation positions to establish celebrities. Mm-hmm. Very true. And Very so, true. And so... When you think about it, uh, being a voice actor who reads the side effects on on drug commercials, that, that's sort of the ideal position that you'd want to be in. But anyway, I mean, Dr. Yeast, this is this is sort of amazing. I feel like every second that goes by, I'm feeling better and better. I mean, Dr. London, do you have any sort of ailment or something you want to bring forth? Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, I've, I've had some, uh, I guess I've just been stressed, so my stomach has been kind of troubling me. Like, I have an upset stomach. Is there a... I don't know. Is there yeah. anything for that? Yeah, you, you, you have a classic case of Bora Bora Gim, which... Bora Bora you know, Gim. Okay. It's Bora, one of those Bora, across Bora the ponds term that I'm not that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> you need to keep up on your continuous professional development. My good doctor, that is very much an affliction that, that affects everyone all around the world. In, when it comes to stomach matters, so I'm a little bit surprised okay, that you would yeah. challenge. I'm sorry, I just I mean balance. terminology might just be the the difference. But go on, go on. So with a condition like that, again similar to the headache, I have to ask, what do you think might be driving driving that? You know, is it is, is you know that stress? Is that is it work related stress? Is relationship related stress? Is it connected physically or metaphysically to the stomach problem? Uh, you know what do you what do you think yourself? Yeah, so I um I get so for one thing work been working a lot of hours. It's kind of uh, it's been very demanding lately. We uh, sort of have an overburdened healthcare system here, and so I've been just just working all the time. And then well, you've also been stressed lately ever since your your workplace started letting people bring therapy dogs into the office, which they keep attacking you. Yeah, and not just the dogs, because the dogs, I kind of, like, you can throw some raw meat at. So I started carrying, you know, just raw meat in my pockets for them. But then, you know. You don't, wait, can, uh, you, well, you don't think that maybe that's what the dogs are going for? Oh, what do you mean? I No, no, you. Just the raw meat that you have in your pockets? I feel like that. Did you start bringing the raw meat before or after therapy dogs started, I mean, for lack of a better word, hounding you? Well, so I. 
they sent us a memo a week before these rules were going to go into effect that they're going to bring the therapy dogs because, you know, you can't bring humans in for some of these patients because of the contagious nature of this virus. So they said, you know, there are going to be some dogs. Don't worry about it. Uh, if you don't always get along with dogs, maybe have a treat. So I've been, so I stocked up on raw meat and before yeah okay it was before to answer your question um so i mean dr dr yeast you can see the sort of trouble that my my friend is in i think i think dr london this is far more serious than you think i mean think about it for a second the notion of carrying food for a dog are you trying to compensate for an upset childhood by feeding other people's depression dogs as i like to call them i and i wish I don't want to say no because maybe, but I'm also thinking like these dogs really went after me and I've, you know, you know, I've gotten, uh, these calls that I need to be, you know, be somewhere because a patient is about to die and I'll be running, but then the dogs will, will outpace me. And so that has been a significant worry, but in childhood, Something similar might have happened. I, it's it. You know, do we need to get into that now, or is there is there a poem that can just is that enough for I a mean, poem? I mean, I was around then. I I do remember one specific instance. Are you talking about when you had set up? I had set up a lemonade stand, and then to compete across the street, you had set up a a raw salami stand. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. That, I guess that rings a little bell. I don't really... And then a bunch of neighborhood therapy dogs chased you down? Yeah, well, at that time, I couldn't run quite as fast, so it wasn't so much a chase the, as a... You had the... We've talked about this in previous episodes, but at that age, you would have had the Forrest Gump leg braces on. That's right. So they... Yeah, and I tried to run but once again they were they were from the movie so it was it was a badge of honor really like people try to make fun of it but it's actually really cool that i did that yeah but i I imagine they they slow down your speed yeah and like yeah and so and all these dogs would come over and like just attack and i don't you know they would attack me and i couldn't tell why i still to this day i don't know why they just target me every time. And I keep, wow. you know, I'm a cat person. And that's, you know, this experiences like that kind of reinforced that feeling that I'm a cat person. You know, I'm so glad you've shared this with me. And this is exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, there was a risk that I could have prescribed you the wrong poem in, in a romantic genre. But the fact you're a cat person you know, really brings it back to where it all went wrong for you, Dr. London. This, this isn't about stress. This isn't about stomach problems. This is about you never having a puppy when you were young. And that, in turn, caused a massive, and I, I don't use hyperbole that often, but a massive spenopalpatine ganglion urology in your Uh, urology and I'm in my using, head. So, I I'm just, using the American term. Yeah, I just, and you're sure it's because I didn't have a puppy? Because I, like, once again, it was, 
it was because I was so scared of puppies because they would attack me and try to eat me. Yeah, it's it's okay. it's all it's all it's the medical equivalent of a placebo. You know, is what you're talking about there. Okay, so so what? Okay, what what poem are we going to use to sort of fix this problem then? Because you are the specialist in this, so I you know I defer to your judgment. Yeah, so so this poem, I've just been writing it out there while while you were talking. I've crossed out a lot of words in it, but this poem, um, it's it's fairly fairly hard hitting. So I need you to get really uncomfortable for this. I mean, I want you to imagine you have just had your heart broken by somebody that you love deeply, and it is drip dripping on the floor, being eaten by those dogs as if it was raw salami. That's how I want you to feel on the outside. Uh, okay, so I just think back to maybe, like, if there was a recent heartbreak that I could actually use, and you know, maybe also contributed to the stress. Yeah, okay, probably so I just, all of the heartbreaks, probably the, all all of the heartbreaks happening at once, like all of your ex loves are, are right now breaking your heart. Okay, so and this will help me, me me bringing back all the the horrific like the time whenever she told me she would meet me and then she instead got her gang of cronies which happened to include our dr cameron here they they came over to egg me just throw eggs at my body and then i don't know i'm crying as you say that i I totally totally feel your pain but unless unless you open up like that the poem the words will not connect with your upper thalamus and your epididymis and frontal lobe. Right. All those well-connected things. So, okay. So I'm going to... So I just, I just have to remember the time when uh, she said, meet me on the roof. And I went. And then she was on the roof and she pushed me off and said, try to fly. And I said, okay. And then I was in the hospital. I woke up in the hospital for a few months. And and that's, you know, how I got into medicine, I guess. It's because you woke up in a hospital. Yeah, I'd never seen one before. You, you became a doctor to compensate for failed love. Is what I'm hearing. <sighs> what? So, so I'm not feeling super comfortable or right now. Or if you're going to compensate, do it in maybe a cooler way. Not like this. Yeah, like ride a motorcycle or, or listen to heavy metal or, you know, dye your hair. But becoming a doctor is fixing other people's problems. Yeah. Not yours. Get a hoop earring. Dr. London, I hate to say this, but there is a strong possibility that after I recite this poem, you may seek a career change. As a professional motor cycle riding badass i mean it's one option okay i you know i don't i feel like i've invested pretty heavily in the one pursuit professionally but you know i maybe up to the poem i'll have a change of heart are you ready you're ready stop 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 each pump of my heart beats like a stop sign Not moving, just suddenly looking at me, so direct. Stop, stop, 
Stop reaching in and ripping out my brain and eating it. As if liver thrown to a beast. Stop. 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 Don't touch my testicles. Don't touch my fingertips. Do not touch my soul. Stop. 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 Let me be the one who places my hand upon my brow and my other upon my heart and let in the good go, go, go. happened how do you feel well it's almost like you woke up out of a trance state yeah i don't what what year is it the year now yeah what what do you what do you think i meant i don't know like what year did Radio, were you asking, like, what year is it that Radioactive by Imagine Dragons came out or something? Yes, that, that is what I meant. I think maybe, like, 2011, 2012. Okay. Well, good good to know. Um, What's your name? My name... I know it's Doctor. I know that. Um, think again. Think again. Doctor isn't a name. Dot com. I'm, I'm Doc... Dot com, Doctor L, L, What's the most common? One of the most common names in the world. I'll go with that one. Smith. John Smith. I'm Smith. Yes. See, Doctor Cameron, what's happening here is uh, Doctor London is going through a complete personality overhaul and he's giving himself a new identity so he's perfectly aligned to be on a new road for a better him wow and this is the sort of i mean sort of magic better than medicine medicine that is really sort of blowing my mind i think how many years of therapy he would have needed to get to a point like that he probably would have had to go for hypnotherapy and possibly so, play therapy. And I'm hearing yeah. this... and maybe even surgery. I'm hearing this sort of, maybe something kind of UK-British accent. So maybe my first name will be related to that. Like, a, I don't know, what's a Dublin or... No, London. I'll go for London to, to switch it up a little bit. So it's London Smith. Okay. Smith because it's the most common last name. Yeah. Just, I want a unique... And then common, and then I should get a website. Are you imprinting on me? Do you think I'm your mother now? I. When you ask it, it feels like it'd be weird to address it. It seems like I took a couple steps away, and you you took a couple steps in my direction, like almost like everywhere I move, you move closer to me. Yeah, well, and me mirroring your actions, I. And I'm sorry, were we were we doing something here? Are we what was uh I I don't think so. No, you, you were doing everything. You were doing everything, London. Every, everything. And I must say it was and I'm not using a hyperbole, incredible. It was truly incredible. 
Are, are you hungry? Okay. Are you hungry? It's a uh, metaphorical question. It's a metaphorical question. Okay. Because, like, I, I'm feeling my pockets and I feel a lot of raw meat. And I don't know if that's an answer or not. There are no questions to which you cannot answer yourself, as uh, somebody once said. Okay, well... Yeah, that famous, the famous man. Yeah, the famous man. Yes. I'll wait to cook this, though. Like, I won't eat this raw, because raw meat is seems gross. But, um, so... So that's something to eat later, I guess. Uh, Whatever we were doing, I feel like we're at a good time to kind of stop doing it. Oh, you think it's time for the the chore wheel? Chore? Yes! That does... Yes, let's do those. Does it ring a bell? Do you want me to explain to you what the chore wheel is real quick? If you could, because I'm not really... Yeah. So, yeah. So the chore wheel, basically, and you're not going to remember this... But basically, you and I accidentally let a lot of chores and a lot of jobs that we had to do pile up because we were playing video games and we weren't doing what we needed to do. So we have this gigantic to-do list that we need to finish. And so I created this fun little chore wheel. And every week, we spin the chore wheel and we do whatever chore is on the wheel. Okay. And actually, Dr. Doctor Yeast, will you, will you be able to stick around and help us with this chore? I love chores. Perfect. Okay, okay. and then doc, Dr. London, so you're going to just, you're just going to spin the chore wheel. You're going to grab that little thingy. Okay, this one? Uh-huh. And then you're going to pull on that. Okay. You're going to pull that crank. And I, and do I, do I eat it? Try. Okay, no, it doesn't fit in my mouth. It's too big. All right, try spinning it instead. Okay. All right. Oh, you probably don't even recognize what some of these words means, but it says create content for Patreon. Uh, do you remember anything about our Patreon, Dr. London? Uh, it was something about avoiding the, the parts... Of the podcast that you hate. We signed up for Patreon to avoid taxes. It's part of a grand uh, scheme. Okay. And essentially, so we have, and this is sort of a new thing, we have a Patreon with additional content and sort of behind-the-scenes follow-ups to our past chores and maybe even some follow-ups to our past sponsors and things like that that you can sign up for. And you can access it by going to patreon.com slash jocktalkpodcast or by going to jocktalkpodcast.com and signing up. Does that does that clear things up for you a little bit? Yeah, I I think it I I don't really understand what Patreon is, but okay. Patreon's a site where you give us money so we can give you more content. Okay. And so right now we're going to actually, we're going to cr- try to create some mini-sodes, some mini-episodes. Just like li- right, we're like one-minute episodes is what we're going to do right now. On the Patreon, they're full-length episodes. Like it, it's a full thing. But right now we're, we're going to do little teaser mini-episodes. Okay. About the business of medicine and being a doctor. And so we're going to do just quick, each of us is going to host a 60-second mini-episode 
of any sort of medical show that you like, and we're going to provide it as content on the Patreon. Does that make sense? I think so. Dr. Yeast, are you following? I have no idea what he's talking about, but I'm game. Okay. So maybe uh, Dr. Cameron? That's your you name? want me to start off? Yes, Doctor. I am Dr. Cameron. Okay. and I'm, I'm an osteopathologist. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I could also maybe, I don't know who goes for, how does this work? I'm sorry. I'm just very confused just from the start. Uh, I was just thinking that each of us would go one at a time. Right. Okay. 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 And host a one minute, 60 second podcast episode. Okay. To provide content for our Patreon. Okay. So as an example here, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a 60 second timer. Okay. And... Hi, welcome to Cameron's Medical Cram Corner, where I'm going to give you medical tips such as leave your feet in the pool after you swim. It'll allow your feet to keep that fun, wrinkly, soft feel, and it'll allow you to soak up some rays and soak up some of the sun more while being out of the pool. Now, my first guest today is Dr. London. Dr. London, what was the last time you kept your feet in the pool? Oh, I can't even remember because it's winter, So for, for me at least. So whenever I put my feet in the pool, it is cold, and sometimes there is ice. But it's, And there's probably a medical uh, advantage to having your feet in such cold water, right? Uh, depending on how warm the rest of you is, maybe it would feel good. Which is, and positive feelings is sort of a medical advantage. That's all we have today on Cameron's Cram Corner. Okay. okay, I mean, I think that's going to be a perfect episode. Like, I think our listeners are going to really like that. Yeah, if we just add some music to either side, then that's a full one, I think. I think if we, honestly, if we if we add enough DJ Dylan sound effects to that and stretch that to about an hour, we could have that be a main feed episode. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Yeast, do you want to give a try at hosting your own? Sure. Okay, let's get that timer. All right, and go. Hello and welcome to Doctors. I want today to tell you about the great new adaptation of talking to your family members when they are sick and they need to go talk to somebody professionally about it. The first thing you must do is talk to them about it in person or on the telephone or on an online method and you explain to them why they should go to see somebody medically qualified and uh, then they go and they get seen to by somebody medically qualified and afterwards afterwards 15 seconds they will thank you for it and probably bring you around for tea or supper uh, that's what you should do. Five. And if that doesn't work, tough. Try something else. Perfect. All right. Okay. I mean, I feel like all of these are going to be, this is all, again, on our Patreon, it is not small one-minute episodes. We have full real episodes. This is sort of bonus content. 
Okay. So I don't I don't want to discourage people from not signing up for the Patreon because they think it's just one minute episodes that we create on on the cuff. No, off the cuff. It, it's I think it is up upon the cuff. Maybe about with upon it. the cuff. So, Doctor London, are you ready to do your episode? I I think so. Let's let's get that timer. Okay, and go. Hi, are you a medical practitioner who lost his memory and now finds himself having to figure out how to practice medicine despite lacking all the fundamental knowledge to be able to do it? Well, this is the show for you. Try just fumbling your way through, retrace your steps. Where was the last place that you knew how to practice medicine? Hospital? Go to the hospital. Run to the hospital, you have raw meat in your pockets, and so there is a problem with that. So, when the dogs come for you, you will have to fight them off, and you won't remember much except for this new traumatizing experience with dogs, and are you reliving it again? 15 seconds. is this going to bring you back to that time where you had your memory erased, and is this all a vicious cycle, and what is this cruel reality that you keep stepping into... Okay. All right, I th- Dr. London, I'm, I gotta say, I think we've finished this chore, don't you think? Yeah, and I I think I remember everything that happened. That was weird. Okay. Um, oh, so, so on that note, um, thank you so much to Dr. Bill Butler Yeast for introducing us to this new approach to medicine. Thank you so much for for having me on, and uh, Doctor Nolan, thank you so much for for being open and honest with us. I feel you've gotten about six million, and I'm not using hyperbole, six million new subscribers just on the back of you being honest. And thank you, thank you, no, thank you. Wow, yeah, I appreciate that. So. Uh, is there any way for um, our listeners to follow you after this, or to keep up with you? Me, no. I, I, I tend to, as a, as a doctor, I, I tend to focus on my patients. I haven't got time for for such things. But I, I may recommend a, a chap I know by the name of Neil Curran, and you can find him on such social things, such as Facecrack uh, and Insta, Instaboom. Uh, and Twitter, mm-hmm. you'll find him there as Improv Neil because he couldn't be any more creative than that in coming up with a username. Uh, you can check him on the web on loweredatone.com or if you're ever visiting Ireland, uh, look us up on Improv Fest Ireland, Improv Utopia Ireland and The Tightrope if you're visiting Dublin. All right. That sounds great. And uh, Dr. Cameron, you know, you I usually don't ask you, but do you have anything to promote? Uh, do I have anything to promote? No, the Patreon, that's something for you, I guess. Well, I mean, the Patre- promoting the Patreon, that's sort of for everyone. It's for me, and it's for you, and it's for all of our listeners, because mm-hmm. they are getting something out of that, too. Right. By spending $3 or $5, depending on the tier, they're, they're receiving a gift mm-hmm. that they purchased. Yes, and that's not to be confused with a GIF or a GIF. It's not a moving picture. No. They yet. will not be receiving a GIF from us ever. No, and that is a policy I think we can stand by. At least for now, I think that we should be strict about that. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I guess I would like to promote the movie Her. Okay. With Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember thinking it was really good. Amy Adams is in it. 
Oh, okay. You know, ScarJo is the voice of the, you know, the phone. Yeah, I, you say, you know, I I haven't seen it, so I'm going to have to go on your word for it, but that's... You haven't seen her? Yeah, Scar who? ScarJo? Yeah, who's that? Oh, this is part of your memory thing. I get, maybe there's still some gaps, or maybe I just wow. wouldn't have heard. Anyway. Losing memory of ScarJo. Ugh. Perish or the thought. maybe have your chance to discover ScarJo for the first time. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, thank you to uh, Dr. Bill Butler Yeast again. Um, thank you to, uh, t- for now, Dr. Cameron. Thank you to Teacher Doing the House. Teacher Doing the House. I need you to get really uncomfortable for this. Really uncomfortable. I mean, I want you to imagine you have just had your heart broken by somebody that you love deeply and it is dripping on the floor, being eaten by those dogs as if it was raw salami. That's how I want you to feel on the outside. She said, meet me on the roof. And I went, and then she was on the roof and she pushed me off and said, try to fly. And I said, okay. And then I was in the hospital. I woke up 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 in the hospital. My name is Dr. LemonSmith.com, and this has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya. You hold your tongue as a scathing rebuke is delivered to your attempt at a steely blue gaze. You fail at this gaze, of course, because your eyes are green. Rather than allow yourself to be bludgeoned by the onslaught of reprimands, you do what your grandmother taught you to do from a young age. You imagine a big fish trying to put on small pants. Teehee! The fish isn't frustrated, just sort of clueless in an adorable way. Oh wait, the words are changing in tone. Maybe it's time to check back in. And so I hope you can understand why you shouldn't put the toaster in the microwave. It doesn't speed up the heating process, but it can start a fire. You don't really pay attention beyond recognizing when to say, "Uh uh-huh, because honestly, you have some fishy thoughts to get back to. Speaking of creatures performing curious tasks, don't forget to leave a five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast in which you share about how you have ignored instructions to use household appliances in favor of more pleasant thoughts. And consider joining our Patreon, where we have new episodes that ditch the medical lessons to give you a hefty dose of improvised comedy. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Doc podcast with a friend or foe. You can send them a link to your favorite episode, or just send them our handy website, jockdogpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at Jock Doc Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.